0: You are listening to the Tech Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Tech Leadership Show. Today with me I have Rudra Mitra. He is an AI engineer turned tech entrepreneur. He published ten research papers on AI and wrote a book on AI. The book is Creating Value with Artificial Intelligence. Lesson learned from 10 years of building AI products and overcoming, da- overcoming data adoption and engineering challenges. Rudra Dreb also built six tech startups, a lot of startups, one with multi million dollars in profits in four countries with four complete failures. Now he is building his seventh startup, Omneda, a platform for building AI for the real world through global collaboration. In a year, he grew the startup with zero advertising budget to over 1,100 collaborators from 80 countries and executing 21 projects. That's awesome, and welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Andrea, for having me. It's a pleasure. Do you want to add anything about yourself? Um, nothing, not the professional
1: part, but in the personal part, maybe that uh, I'm, I'm a minimalist um, and I kind of try to live a life which is I'm not trying to control things, um, where it's more about not having any goals in life, and just let the universe show how, what, what it leads me to. So uh, maybe many people might think that to perhaps achieve goal uh, in things in life, you need to have a very fixed goal and very driven, and I actually, in some ways opposite. And I call that way of life as effortless living, which, uh, which is, I think, very important in today's world, given a lot of people are too, too stressed out trying to achieve certain goals, self-made goals that I use. Trying to achieve self-made goals, getting stressed too much, uh, it makes no sense. And I think there's a huge need for, for people to relook look at what they are doing and kind of do things that are feels effortless. That's the only thing I will add. <laughs>
0: That is awesome. And I know we had some discussions about this when you were in Yash uh, uh, and you hold uh, the meetup. And it was like really incredible, the the discussion itself. And I'm really looking forward to find out your thoughts about leadership. And if there is something like effortless leadership, I would really be curious if you have some thoughts on that. (laughs) If it also parlays your effortless living to effortless leadership.
1: absolutely i think that uh, like we have to redefine what leadership means in many ways uh, but uh, if you define leadership as what i think a, a, a great leader is not someone who is being this let's say uh, alpha male kind of view w- which uh, people are following but a leader is someone who is inspiring others I, I think yes. that's the typical view of a of a good leader should be who, who is more collaborative, who is more inclusive, who is more listening, and who is not uh, uh, just a macho kind of person. And um, this is quite important to understand this because I I remember I read an article somewhere after this movie that came out about Steve Jobs, and well yes. well in the movie the it was shown that Steve Jobs was this really very arrogant and abusive, verbally abusive uh, boss. And in fact, the article said that after watching that movie, a lot of CEOs of companies ended up changing themselves, personifying themselves like Steve Jobs, ending with being oh more God. abusive and kind of being this alpha personality. What I think they don't understand that these things with the weakness of Steve Jobs actually may have inhibited him from some ways than actually helping him to achieve what he wanted to do. I think that's, just, that's the phase where Dave, he built uh, Apple, then he moved out. And I think that was a phase of his life. But as we re, refound himself, I don't know him personally, so of course I cannot tell you, but I do think that, yes. in that is not because of those qualities, but in spite of those qualities, he was able to achieve that because he was very hardworking and very driven, which was absolutely important. But this idea of being a leader, being someone who has to be this really strong uh, Macho personality, uh, both male and female. Uh, you know that's I think is is not true.
0: Yeah, and that's something that I am discovering with each episode, because I am surprised. That, like the overarching theme of all the interviews I did until now is like, if you want to be a leader, don't confuse it with being macho. With the what you see in movies, it's it doesn't have. You have to be. Humble. You have to be kind. You have to collaborate with people, and lift them up and help them succeed in uh, in what they're doing. That's your job. You're 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 more of a servant than uh, than what you see in movies where you are like yelling and pounding with your fists And (laughs) it's it's and it's funny because I found out like in one of the interviews, not not even in the army, they don't do it like that. Like you see it in the movies. So they're really polite with one each other, they don't raise their voices, they talk nice, they they, uh, they don't even like they don't even like give that much order, they say like could you take care of this and something and stuff like that. It's not I don't know what happened, like in, in uh, pop culture we got this image of the leader that is like an alpha an alpha male or an alpha woman and they always are go driven, but not nice in their approach and they shove people and push them and it's it's not, it not they don't create an enjoyable workplace in my opinion
1: absolutely and i think that hollywood or the pop culture if people follow that and think that's reality then they need to understand reality is completely different so you know hollywood is just a movie culture and and that's they're just fantasy world in some ways or any movie culture is a fantasy world I do think that there are leaders that have been, let's say, the word I use the word successful. Successful has a whole definition, but let's say leaders who have achieved a lot, materialistic in the world by being that yes. kind of macho thing. I mean, it, l- you can look at Stalin. I mean, again, that's what I've heard about him, or or even you know, you 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 come from Romania, so you of course know. I don't know how Nikolai Ceausescu was, but I heard at least what I've read about him that he was also very you know um kind of strong leader that's the word we'd say use the word perhaps uh, i think maybe in the past it might have worked um but i think that in more and more as people are not easy to control as people are getting more and more access to knowledge it, i think mm-hmm. there is the way to be a leader And and they have now options. You know, it's not like at that time there's only one option that you can put a gun in front of them and say, "Okay, do this." But I think the more and more they are getting access to knowledge, they have more options. The only way you can be a leader is by inspiring them to to be the best. And I think that's how you want to be remembered, also at the end of the day. Like how I have thought a lot about it: what kind of life one should live, and. I always think that you know a life that you worth living, live life, life that is worth living. And what is a bad meaning? I think I'm, a life worth living is where other people, in, like you know, look up to you. They 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 are find inspiring, and you can help other people achieve their goals. I think that's the kind of uh, great uh, leader is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting that you brought up Stalin because um, I don't remember when I read it, but the way he got in power was he got, he was like in the top commission, and it was, um, they were split. It wasn't an, um, uh, an odd number of people. It was an even number of people on the commission. So it was really hard to take decision in that commission because no majority could be formed. And the way he actually, surpassed them and got power over them is he never spoke he was the last he made it a point to be the last one to speak and he would throw his vote in a direction or the other and that's how he got power so he actually he didn't get power by bullying them by being super aggressive or threatening them or talking a lot during the meeting actually he was the quiet one and he spoke at the end and said like well, well, i'll go with this side or that other side so he, um, so he, the way he got in power wasn't through what you considered him. Afterwards, yeah, he was really, really bad <laughs> uh, with the people and everything he did. But the way he, he rose and he formed his, uh, his inner circle was basically by, by listening more than talking, <laughs> which is interesting. And Rudradev, I'm really curious about your stories with which one would you want to start? Do you want to start with the leadership success story or the leadership failure story? Or which one do you recommend more?
1: I mean, I can start with, let's start with the failure first because I think the failures is awesome. well, uh, one learns a lot. I think, I mean, I, there is no one specific story because leadership is a, it's a personality trait, right? So it's not, I, I, it's not about one startup failure. I think I've learned over the, the last let's say 10 years I think the, the yes. first startup that, that failed and I remember that the most because okay. that was a, a complete failure of leadership in every way I think the, that was because I was not willing to listen and I was more driven by my own personal uh, agenda let's say or vision or whatever it is and it was driven by that without kind of listening and uh, to to my co-founders and people i was working with and we i remember spending a lot of my time arguing or talking about you know my opinions instead of trying to listen to the opinion so i think that was one of the first things that i have learned that if i ever have to work in a team and kind of be a good leader i have to move out from that kind of role where I have to be always right and kind of listen to what others say and, and then kind of, you know, not push my opinions all the time. I think that's one of the, uh, the key thing I've learned. The second thing that I've learned, I, I, I don't know if it's from a failure or it's just kind of I've learned in general is, okay. Uh, which often people say is that work with people who are smarter than you so once he, i'm surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me i i think that i naturally th- these are the th- things that helped me to to be a good leader in a way that i try to end up being more you know uh, aware of other people's thoughts and ideas so because i know that okay these people are much more smarter than me in general so i'm i'm trying to listen to them so surrounding yourself with with smarter people, smarter than you is, is I think is a great, uh, another um, leadership trait, which I initially failed also. And I learned that by, through, through some failure. So I think these are the two things that I kind of really learned through execution is is basically one, how to listen more and not push your opinions and surround yourself with people who who are smarter than you who may not agree with you but they 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 have their their information knowledge is yes. very important and not just surround yourself with people who who are just saying yes always to you
0: exactly and i think that the side benefit of surrounding yourself with really smart people you have more of a tendency to listen to them and take their advice into consideration and it's easier to take your ego out of the of the whole situation and everything that's happening. Because if you have the illusion that you're smarter than another person, it might be in my opinion, it might be in some cases, but you cannot be smarter in all the fields of life. There are some domains where that person is way smarter than you are. And and so it goes with everything, every person you meet. So everybody excels at something better than you could ever do it because they spend more time doing it. So you can always draw some information and i think that your insight is really 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 great and
1: yeah, yeah i mean that's where the surrounded surrounding yourself with those people is very important i think there is a saying that it, we end up being the average of the five closest people we have in our environment and if i have learned one thing in my life and that is uh yourself with people that you admire that you find inspiring and and that would also help you to be I think end up being a good leader also
0: and how do you go about like finding people that are better than you and that inspire you do you have some tips on how to recognize them <laughs> no not really I, th- I think that th-
1: there are you know in my case it happened organically there are people who have a very methodical way to do, achieve that so for example i was reading a book where they say this guy wanted to be rich so he just started renting a, a, a apartment in this rich neighborhood although he could only afford the rent for like three months or, or that's shit. but he ended up doing that and then by he forcing himself to surround yourself with those people so it could be like you know hang out in those kind of groups where you think you'll find people who are uh, inspiring and more smarter I think a lot of people go to events for that same reason. In, in my case, I, I think I've been perhaps extremely lucky in many ways. Um, the first, not the first, but I think in the, I have been in the academia before, so I, my background is in research. Yes. So I, I had this kind of uh, liberty or, or I have this, uh, you know, the benefit of being uh, surrounded in academic environments then being in Cambridge also somehow helped me to be in in surrounding the environment so but I will I'll say that it just happened organically rather than me having a a strategy behind all of that
0: ah okay that's interesting it's true Uh, sometimes uh, letting Lady Luck play its role it it really helps (laughs) Yeah, and, and, and it's something that you cannot, there are some things you can do to maximize your luck in a way, but it's also something that plays an important part in everything. So that's why something that I recommend, like everybody, when you read autobiography and everything or want to be inspired by a leader, also take account that he probably had some circumstances that helped him, that one that cannot be created now anymore, where it's really hard or costly to create them artificially. So uh, always try to find, like, what skill that you can improve and what something that didn't depend on the, on the success of that person it basically helps him maximize his success. Yeah, I think
1: that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at this, the way I kind of looked at it is, and I think if I can remember, always I looked at it, is that I have to be the best of myself and rest is not in my hands. So, like, who'd yes. come who With whom I will work, uh, who will be in my life? It's not in my control. I can choose when they come. I can then choose, okay, I just continue being around this person or not, or what is, But at the end, I have to be the best of myself, and the universe will then and you attract the kind of people that you are. So if yes. for example, this classical thing is if you take drugs, you will end up attracting drug addicts. And if you, you know um, read a lot of books most likely you will end up attracting people who read a lot of books and it just doesn't have to be have strategy it could be just sitting in a in a boss and reading a book and then someone next to you might start talking to you because the person is interested and sees that you are reading a book um so it's 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 the the, the rest just happens that there's a there's a power of the universe which i also very firmly believe it um, it in first starts from inside you make yourself the change and like gandhi said very well a be the change you want to see so Just be yourself, that's the kind of thing that you want to be and then naturally people will surround and then uh, you will find people who are like you or better than you and naturally they will, you'll just end up being in those environments.
0: Yes, Uh, and exactly the only thing or the only person you have total control or as much control as you can possibly have is yourself. Absolutely, that's really good insight. Andrew I'm really curious, what is the biggest leadership success story you've witnessed personally?
1: I think that it it has to be what the work with Omdena has been till now. I think what I'm quite proud about what we have achieved in Omdena, right? Like having thousands of people from all over the world, uh, from 80 countries, spending Tens of hours every week. So, every person on average spending 15, 20 hours every week behind uh, a vision and and something and and giving their time and effort. And then to be able to inspire that people and to be able to make people be part of this great journey, I think that's the biggest, uh, let's say, leadership success I could say. Because at the end, it's my company, I'm the founder of it. So, I think that uh, it has come to some extent as a surprise. So, I think a lot mm-hmm. of things I didn't think this is how it will end up being, to be very honest. I didn't expect this to be okay. that's how it should be. I, 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 well, first of all, I don't live life with expectations anyway. So, I was not expecting anything, <laughs> but I was still, I, when I look back, I am quite surprised. And I think uh, some of the qualities that I had developed over the last 10 years helped me to be in this situation or in this, in this current situation. I think this what one qualities? is that of course, yeah, I think one of the hard skills, of course, so that a lot of what I've seen that, let's say founders, not all, but a lot uh, of AI companies, themselves are not technical. I think if you're working with technical people, they appreciate someone being technical. So they have to be like, you know, connect with the language. I understand that, but so hard skill-wise helped me. But I think the soft skill, few things really helped me. I think the first one is as being, as over the last two years, I've been also mentoring a lot, either in Google for startups or in Fond Institute or Work Labs. So I've, since mentoring is another skill is like listening, right? So you're listening yes. to someone and not telling him what to do, but trying to ask the right questions so that they – Find the answers. That's a good mentor is supposed to do. So I think that skill yes. helped me a lot in executing Amdina because there I was trying to listen to what people want, what, they, what their motivations are, what their aspirations are, what, why they want to do something, and then connect, give them something or give them what they are looking for. Um, and I think that, that is the first thing. The second thing is that I firmly believe that we all have truly potential. We all have potential. I also believe that no one wants to be lazy. I believe no one wants to just you know, uh, do nothing I mean, in a way like, they, everyone wants to contribute. Everyone has this inherent need to, to give back something to the world. Uh, for various reasons, maybe many people do not show that. Maybe they are not able to uh, be able to execute that, but we all have this inner good in us. Yes. I, I, some of you might disagree saying, oh, no, what about this person who killed other people? And I mean, I cannot really talk about everyone, but I do think that overall, by far, most of us have good in us. And I think that the key is to give people that opportunity to show their good. Um, and once you create that opportunity to make people show their good and give them the right motivation and the structure, then the third part is, that you don't need anymore to manage them because possibly I couldn't have built Omdena if I was managing people I, I couldn't have built it I could only Omdena only works because the people are self-managed self-organized because otherwise it would be a headache if I'm currently mm. there are like four projects running over 200 people I mean I, that's <laughs> it would be a nightmare for for, for me yes so so the what I have learned is through all of that is there's a good in every one of us. That's a belief that you first really inherent in yourself, really believe that. And then find that good. What is that good? Give them a, a way to show their good. Give them a way to um show that what they could do. Give them the opportunity. And then you move out from managing them. And this is in the startup world also. If you know that there are people, like I think Guy Kawasaki had said that, that once, or Steve Jobs, I don't remember who said it, that if you hire people smarter, hire people smarter than you, and then don't manage them, because it just makes no sense. So we hire people, and then let them do the work, and don't manage them. So it's the same thing here, what we, we are, what have been, but what we have been able to do, possibly at scale, without actually having gone to the full hiring process, without actually having like, they are not on paid salary, without actually ever meeting them uh, and completely in different times location. But that's the part which I've been extremely, well, happy and proud about.
0: Yeah, it's something, it's amazing. So you don't have any managers, anything, you're, you're the only person that basically jump-starts every project and then the people that are inside the project, they do all the work. That's
1: how it was for the first 15 projects or first 16 projects. Okay. And then the last four, four and five projects I have moved out. Once I have built that process, I know exactly what to do. There's a kickoff call. There is a weekly call someone has to run. No management. This is not a management work. This is more like someone there as a point of contact from the Omdena's point of view that the collab- collaborators can reach out if they are stuck, if they need some help, if they ha- someone has okay. to start a weekly call. So that role has been, as we have had four people now uh, who are kind of doing that, but that's not really the management. But yes, the first 15 out of the 16 projects, it was purely done by me alone.
0: That's amazing. And have you found that, <clears throat> as you said, that if you get smart people, especially in tech, I find this to be amazing, and it's something that's counterintuitive is if you hire people, software developers, QA persons, the whole team, everything you need to run a successful project and then you paint the picture of the project and then you let them manage, self-manage, it usually turns out better than if you try to micromanage or meddle too much with it. Is that Absolutely. something that you found?
1: Absolutely. I think that I always say that a good leader Which is that the one quality, a good leader, a good entrepreneur, if there is one quality that you want to develop, it's the ability to hire great people or ability to attract great people. That's the one quality that is really, really important. So once you get the right people, tech people, marketing people, sales people, any people, doesn't matter. Once you get the right people, let them run it. Then, then there's no point of hiding. So, so the key quality of a good entrepreneur, a key test is, are you able to attract a great people? Same is is a, a key quality of a great leader, and which is understandable, right? A great leader, if you look at politicians and things, okay, they are able to attract people, inspire people, people connect to that. That's a, that's the definition of a great leader.
0: And to be able to recognize, like. The talents of a person, and what, what are they great? Should you also have some knowledge in in that field? Do you have, if you're building a tech company, should you have some tech skills, uh, also some marketing skills, sales skills, like to be able then to say, okay, this person is really good. I can, or can you just evaluate them yourself without knowing? So, what's your opinion on this?
1: I I do think that. For a tech people hiring, the, the hard skill and the person who is hiring has, should evaluate, we, of course, have to have technical knowledge. Otherwise, there is no way the person can evaluate that. But I also think that there is a need to evaluate the soft skills, right? The other aspects yes. of this, which maybe or may not, maybe in many cases, many companies overlook that. So I think that a, a, a great leader, when I say attract the right people, I do not, I, I think that whether the hard skill of that person, a great leader may or may not be always able to assess, because um, the hard skill, let's say I cannot, but well, maybe I can assess the sales and the marketing skills and because as an entrepreneur you do everything. So I might have the ability to, to assess the sales, the marketing and the technical because of my background in technology, but um, maybe not everyone will be able to assess technical uh, details. So what I think that a great yes. leader doesn't have to be able to assess all the skills, the hard skills. They might have people who might help him to assess the hard skills. But uh, the soft skills is something that is absolutely important that a great yes. leader should be able to, to assess. Um, which is, I think, that, that actually a key element of um, of uh, building a great team and, and working with them.
0: Well, that's like I'm having a light bulb moment here. And it's true. It, you should, as, a, as the leader, have a conversation with every potential hire and assess their soft skills and how, how well they, they develop themselves from the soft skills point of view and how well they could work inside the team. And that's something that you can do, especially as a leader. You yourself should be really good at soft skills. So then it's really easy to assess and find out if you jive with that other person. And after having this conversation with you, I also had like the idea that yes, if a person has worked on themselves and has really awesome soft skills, like you you realize that depending on what you need inside the organization, but they align with the values of the organization, the vision. What they have, they you could put them inside the team, and they would work because they want to help. They like to collaborate, all the good stuff. Then probably they also spent a lot of time developing their hard skills. Absolutely, I think the hard
1: skills I personally think are more easier to develop than the soft skills.
0: Oh yes, for sure, (laughs) for sure, for sure. And Rudradeb, based on all your life experience. What is your leadership philosophy?
1: Well, I mean, it's the same. Like, uh, leadership philosophy is uh, what I said. Like, um, inspire people, give people opportunities. Um, that's the key thing. I, I, Jack Ma said something which is I find it very, very insightful. He said, "It's easy to make money for yourself, but it's very difficult to make money for yourself and make money for others." I think that's a good leader should be able to well in one way make money help like make others grow i think that's that's a key through either could be through inspiration could be giving opportunities could be creating opportunities so that they can earn money whatever is that but helping other people grow and i think that's the philosophy of uh, of of, uh, of of a great leader
0: and how, how, from your point of view, how does uh, being a minimalist, how does it blend with leadership?
1: I mean, minimalism is just my personal way of life. I do not necessarily need everyone to follow my personal choices. So I'm not expecting people or people who are working on Dana also to be a minimalist or, or do things that I like. I think the the way I live my life is just my personal choice because that helps me to be at peace with myself because that's what I feel that I'm I'm completely at the best of myself and at peace when I'm a minimalist. I don't have a lot of stuff to carry. And that perhaps helps me because I'm at peace. Me also be, shows up you know, in terms of the other traits of being able to listen, being, trying to encourage other people. So I'm not sure if there's a direct relation, but it might be that just being minimalism, which helps me be ad- true to myself, and at peace with what I'm, helps perhaps me to, to achieve uh, or, or better leadership goals, or not goals, but let's leadership traits or personalities.
0: Yeah, and and that's really, you touched on something really really interesting here. Being at peace yourself and then how it influences uh, your leadership style. Because if you're content with yourself and happy with yourself, then it's harder to lose your nerve when you have a conversation. So you're calmer, so you, you can listen and not jump to conclusions and start talking and giving verdicts that then you're going to regret and you would want to take your words back, but it's too late after they leave your mouth, there's no way to, <laughs> to take them back. So it, it's it's something that, uh, for me, it's really, really interesting, like having this ability to be, at peace. And as you said, you don't have to be a minimalist. Whatever path, avenue, or philosophy you want to embrace to get to that goal, do it. Uh, there are so many methods of achieving the same the same goal. But it is important and something that I found like in my own life, the more I could be more calm on the inside, the better I was at relating with people, at empathizing with them, seeing things from their point of view, but not uh, snapping to decisions. So, yeah, it it is. Do you you think it's it's a goal that you would recommend like all people, regardless of what ways they use to achieve it, to become more at peace with themselves?
1: Okay, so I think that the, the, the highest state that we should be trying to achieve is peace and not happiness. Because happiness, we cannot be always happy knowing what's going on around the world. There's so many bad things are happening, unfortunately. Nice. So I believe if someone says, I want to be always happy, I think the person has to be a sociopath or a psychopath to some extent. Because then you have to be completely cut off from the emotions of other people. So, And that's not possible to achieve. But one can be in a state of peace and still be sad. So if unfortunate events happen around the world, and I can feel sad about it, but still be at peace with myself and have the peace. Or I can be happy and still be peaceful. So it's very important to be peace because in today's world, there's so much of violence, both verbal, physical, Whatever is happening, people are breaking things, and I, I would never support that. This anger there's so much of anger in people, there's so much of judgment, and I think that all comes because of lack of peace in them and us.
0: Oh, that's that's a really deep thought that I'm trying to unpack here. But from what you're saying, like peace is more like a, a meta feeling that you have, and it doesn't impede you from also having all the range of other. Feelings at, at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I've it experienced that a lot. Yeah, I have experienced it a lot. Like, peaceful is and sad. I've been sad, and you feel sad in you, but you are still at peace. You feel calm. Because that peaceful comes from this acceptance of that event. So, um, something happened in my life, let's say, and I feel sad about it, but I accept it. I'm not kind of, you know, uh, like getting uh, nervous about it. And I just let think that and let's just observe Okay, it happened to me okay i accept that uh, it happened
0: okay it's like how you see sometimes you see in pictures or even in movie after we, we bashed hollywood i'm going to use like a hollywood example <laughs> it is like when uh, everything goes to hell and it's like on a ship or sinking ship there always there's one this one person that is calm and at peace and can focus on exactly what needs to get done to minimize all the all the casualties and get everybody or most of them to safety. And that's for me, it's also you have to be at peace inside to be able to stay calm in a situation where everything doesn't go according to plan.
1: Absolutely. And in fact, I have heard many times um, that when people talk to me and I travel and I speak and I meet people randomly, they feel naturally this peace also in themselves. So this is kind of something without trying to force to other people, without trying to do anything, people just feel that energy around you. So if you have this inner peace, naturally it, it propagates around the energy around you and other people. and And that also attracts people, that people then feel more calmer and nicer and they might want to you know do things with your work and spend time whatever so that's also something I've seen I've experienced that uh, a lot of times in in my past couple of two especially two years when I was traveling and meeting a lot of people.
0: That's awesome and it, it's a, it is an experience when you first get to experience something like this and it's really really good. Now Rudradeb I'm really curious for aspiring leaders, what would be your top three leadership tips for them? I, I haven't really thought about this, but I'm trying to think around
1: now while you asked. So, I think the first thing, as a, whatever I said, like try to be listen more and, and don't have this you know, idea that you will end up being this macho character. Be more empathic. Be more inclusive try to come, collect people and you know collective effort r- r- rather than dividing and kind of that's kind of the first thing I will say that's uh, try to achieve that goal. Um, The second goal would be I'm thinking about it that yeah I, I think that it could be that I presume that finding that inner peace is also very important. I, I do think that finding, be the best of yourself or be the best version of, of yourself, whatever makes you feel good and about yourself. Because because that would bring this kind of calmness and peace in you which would be the naturally attractive to other people. Because I, as I said that minimalism when I was answering that question and I think that if I am not at peace with myself, I may not end up being able to attract people or inspire other people. Yes. And the third thing is that don't try too hard to be a leader, right? You know, there is this notion, oh, I want to be leader. I think that just be yourself. Just be the best. Do the things that you enjoy doing. Give your best every single day. And I think that that the the leader it will emerge naturally. When you are the best of yourself, the best version, you're doing interesting things, it will naturally attract people to you. Instead of forcing that, just be true to yourself, be the best version, give every day, single day, the best you could do. And and then it will naturally it will evolve up organically. Like there is a great, um, I was listening to a talk, I forgot who was it, but I thought it was very, very interesting. He said that, in today's young population, and I've known many of them, are too concerned or both driven and concerned to make a change. And he says that that creates a lot of stress and, and a lot of kind of pressure. If I'm at 21, yes. 22, and I'm thinking, oh, I want to go and change the world, I'm not doing anything, creates a lot of lot of pressure. So, And he said that if you want to do something in the world, start by just making a bed, you know, start Mm. from keeping things in house, clean your room first, make a bed, do things properly for yourself, take care of yourself. That's where it should change, be the change yourself and then rest will naturally flow. Rather than first of all saying, oh, I want to be a great leader, I want to change the world. And then it ends up being unfortunately sad even if you end up having followers. So like what happens in today's world, there is a lot of Instagram influencers, right? And uh, I mean, I think they don't do anything other than just posting some pictures. And they may have lots of likes, but I think they're not at peace and there's also a lot of stress and uh, sadness and all those things. So I think the key is always to find peace in you, find the best of yourself, be the best rather than trying to be a leader. Once you've achieved that and do the best thing that you could do, you naturally things will start happening.
0: Yes, and I think like the number three tip that you gave, like don't force yourself, don't work too hard to expect too much from yourself as a leader, especially when you just got promoted or you moved to a leadership position, don't expect that you're going to change everything probably going to fail a lot and learn for, for god's sake learn from your failures that's how you become a better leader and start with small things uh, use them as training wheels uh to to learn your own style to develop or your, your own style of leadership uh, how to how to discuss with people how to inspire them it's going to take some time it's not like somebody says for now on you're a manager so also a leader you, uh, you, you become overnight, you go to sleep at night and then the next day you you change. No, it's going to take some work and take it slowly. Don't, don't burn out by taking too much, putting too much on your plate.
1: Yeah, I think that um, my, I agree to all of that. The thing that I will add here is that once you find that inner peace and do things that you are doing yourself, you can then spend 20, 10 hours, 12 hours a day, let's say, working, and you'll still not feel the pressure. I, I had this conversation just oh. before yeah, coming here, and I, I work 10, 12 hours a day, know, I love working, but I have never been burned out. I sleep four hours a day, not because I, I have to put an alarm. I, perhaps you know, I don't even have a, have a mobile phone, but I just naturally wake up after four or five hours a day because I'm always rested. Because I'm at peace, although I'm working 10, 12 hours a day. So I think there is a notion that in, we live in a society, unfortunately, Western society, and both Eastern societies also, that we have to work hard, put a lot of effort. You know, like it has to be a struggle. What I'm saying, no, it doesn't have to be a struggle. You can work 10, 12 hours, do things that you really enjoy doing, and that feels effortless, and have complete peace, no stress, and you still put a lot of hours into that. And 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 that's that's what I, I was saying that things let things happen. Don't try to force things to happen. Put, you have to put the time. You have to put that effort. You have to, you know, if you're just sitting at home and okay, something will happen. Nothing will happen. So of course you have to put the yes. time. You have to put the effort. But that effort, it should feel effortless. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, I hope your listeners are getting the effort is it doesn't it shouldn't feel like it's an effort. Like you know, there are things that you could do. And you enjoy so much doing that, that you don't feel that that's something uh, is a hard work. I, I wrote an article about it, why I don't want to work with people who want to work hard. And, and oh. I said the same thing, you know, that if someone comes to me and says, I want to work hard, I said no, I don't want people to work I want you to, 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 to. I want you to put the time, absolutely. I want, if I'm working with someone, my criteria is, are you willing to do a call on Friday evening? Are you going to call, do a call on Saturday evening? Are you working on weekends or not? That's an, that's my criteria. Absolutely. I work 10, 12 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Absolutely. Or maybe some days I'm taking a break. But I do that. I love that. But that doesn't feel to me an effort. That that's completely feels to me an effortless. And that's the state that we should try to achieve, actually.
0: And I am now mind-blown. I, I like the concept of effortless effort, which is like... <laughs> You don't think they would work together and it's something probably you have to get to leave to know exactly because just with words it's probably really hard to explain how it feels and how to get there but you know when you are there
1: yes absolutely you know when you are there but I think the way to get there is start from inside yourself be honest to yourself know what you re- we all know what we want to do we all really know unfortunately we end up doing things out of fear, out of social pressure, peer pressure, parents pressure, whatever, right? There are 20 other factors that makes us do things that are not true to ourselves. And I'm saying, be true to yourself. And once you're true to yourself, you really know what you want to do in your life, then whatever you do, it will feel effortless. It takes courage, it does take courage, because often that requires you to go against yeah. wishes of your parents, society, people, um, no one would understand you perhaps. And I have gone through the same thing. But I never had doubts about that. And, and it's, it's the same, I think it's the same uh, formula for everyone.
0: Okay, so you just have to... Have an honest conversation with yourself, which as a leader you should be used to having the tough, honest conversations, and just get a mirror and say like, "What do you? What do I want? How do I want? To who? What kind of life do I desire?" And then go after it without um, apologizing for you reaching exactly. out for your
1: Exactly. Yeah, and then you will put a lot of hours, and then you naturally attract the kind of people that would uh, uh, would, would be inspired by you. And that's the way I think would be a great leader because I think one of the key features that people look for is authenticity, honesty. Is the person? I mean, I give talks and you have listened to my talk and I don't know what your feedback has been, but I'm just telling you what people have You're often good. said to me. Yeah, people often say that I'm, I'm very inspiring and I, 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 uh, that what I talk is very, very, very nice and I've heard that, but I, I don't think what I speak is something rocket science. I'm not talking about sending people to Mars, but I think what <laughs> often I'm talking about is what things I have done, and I think that uh, brings authenticity. That brings honesty, because a lot of speakers yes. are talking about what others are doing. These, you should do this. You should do that. What others did. No, but that doesn't. Then listener doesn't feel the authenticity, the honesty. So I think that a good leader, if you want to be a good leader, do things, and people will naturally get attracted to that that creates authenticity and honesty. And that is also a very important thing.
0: And you also gain a lot of experience really fast if you do things. If you actually go out and do things.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And, then, and, and to do things, you have to put a lot of time. I mean, things doesn't happen like, you know, if you really, like I was listening to this uh, talk by Elon Musk, and he said, the fact of the matter is if you put 80 hours, you will get things done twice faster than someone putting 40 hours a week. And that's absolutely true. You have to put it for 80 hours a week. And I, I, I would say that you have to if you really want to be a change and do things really. But then the question is, where do you want to put this 80 hours per week? Do you want to do things, this 80 hours per week, which you really don't like and hate? Or do you want to do things this 80 hours a week that you really enjoy? And then it will give you money and everything. And brings authenticity and, and honesty. So I think that's the way I see it.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point. Do work that doesn't feel as work. You would do yeah. it even if you wouldn't make so much money out of it. But it's a great idea to also make some money because it you does. will make
1: money. I think you will make money. I think money, money. I think money is important, and I always believe money is important. You will make money if you do something authentic, solving a problem. People will be happy to pay you for solving a problem. You know, like I think that money comes naturally once you try to do things that are true to yourself i mean that's what i believe i've seen that and yeah
0: and rudadeb i have a sneaky suspicion that you've read a lot in your life so i'm really curious what is the book that had the most profound impact on you
1: well i mean the most impact on me oh, i have to think a but there are one book that I say to everyone, I mean, it may not have a huge impact on me because I read it when I already was living life like that. But I okay. know when I told other people to read that book, that affected other people a lot. And they thought that that book was really changing a lot of way that the people they saw. Uh, and the name of the book is The Surrender Experiment. It's uh, okay. written by, a, it's an autobiography. Of this guy, I will. I forgot the name of him, I, I used to remember his name, but no, I'll just check it out. Uh, Michael Singer. So it's written by Michael Singer, it's his autobiography, and it's a great book because he, he talks about this his life that he all he wanted to do in his life was meditate. just it. And but whenever an opportunity came to him, he gave his best to that opportunity without, um like you know like always trying to control anything. the surrender experiment is basically you are surrendering yourself to the universe okay let the universe give you those signs and then you follow those signs but you give your best that is very important that you give your best to those signs if it feels authentic and honest right and then he ended up building a multi-billion dollar business basically um so his, his journey from being just a simple meditation guy, we you know sitting in a room, and all that he wanted to do is meditate and nothing else. To building a billion dollar business, how did he achieve just by surrendering without trying to achieve oh. anything? Yeah, it's exactly what he said that this is simple. That he did what he opportunity when you are doing meditation, he had to come, opportunities came to him one after another. People, you always get opportunities, and then he picked those opportunities that for him felt perhaps true to to him like teaching okay. going to school and then newer newer and newer opportunities came all, uh, it was always authentic to himself and then it, it it draw more people towards him then he started writing a code. someone came to him and says okay do you want to build this piece of software he said okay i will do that because i can do it and i got this opportunity and i like writing a piece of code so let me put some hours and i would work hard and i, I build it and he enjoyed that, and then he built it, and that ended up building, growing, and growing, and growing, and he was always authentic in HBD, everything that he did. So that's where the key is that be authentic to yourself, be in touch, let the universe show you what, and then follow that path and surrender yourself, and then you, your life would be super interesting. You may not become a billionaire, because I don't think everyone's path is to be a billionaire, but it... It would be a life worth living. That's the way I say it. Because if yes. I look at my life, last three years has been super interesting. Just because I think it's a, it's a life that was uh, like you know I would have never expected any of those things happening to me. But I think I it, it happened because I was surrendering myself. So that's a book I can highly recommend to everyone.
0: Yes, and that's the goal to have a life that was worth living and not squander it because each day is precious. So that's. That's a key thought from, from this. And that book made it, it's really high up on my uh, list now. And I want say, I'm getting so many good recommendations of book, my credit card is trying. Is <laughs> um, Ruzadeb, if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, and for uh, if they want to see the amazing work you're doing on on Dana, where, yeah, so it's, also LinkedIn would be
1: the best place. I mean, just uh, feel free to, Yeah, I mean, I, 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 they can find me on LinkedIn me or on Dana also on LinkedIn, and also the website is Facebook page, but I think the LinkedIn would be a good place uh, for people to follow on Dana.
0: Exactly, and if people want to, especially software developers, want to try their hands at AI, I highly re- recommend uh, to connect with Rudadeb and his project on Dena. and because um, it gives you the opportunity to work on AI projects, really cool AI projects uh, in your spare time and have fun with people from around the world. So I really like, like the presentation he did here in, uh, in uh, Romania, and it's a really, really nice project so thank you for thank you so much for that thanks Andre. and thank you for being on the show it's been a pleasure so many great ideas thank you
1: yeah thanks again for having me it was my pleasure
0: bye bye that was today's episode tune in daily rate like subscribe and share please oh you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techileadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.